You're listening to Playback, a Variety iHeartRadio podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. new single so go ahead sure. there nobody wants that Let me what's up hey how are you man i'm tired yeah <laughs> i'm tired um busy uh yeah. i would say week but then probably month and then yeah this is your prime time. number of months i mean for you it's, oh yeah you've been, me, no you've been crazy yeah it's been a crazy well thanks for coming back on yeah of course thanks for coming here to do it for sure uh we're recording just gonna dive right in. Okay. Hi, Ava. Hi, Chris. We have Ava Deverna here today. I'm back. You're back. You actually are the first return guest. Am I? Yes. Oh, I like you that. You get that distinction this year. <laughs> I like that. Um, I'm gonna pull up my questions here. The movie's called Wrinkle in Time. Uh, you've probably seen the marketing everywhere because mm-hmm. it's one of those movies that's uh, just larger it's than a life. Movie. It's, it's a Disney movie. It's yeah. everywhere. And. Uh, First of all, how are you feeling? I mean, do you have have you had an opportunity to have perspective on everything, or are you still kind of like close to it and not? No, no, I think so. I mean, you know, I made a kids movie. Yeah. And um, you know, it's what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, you know, the industry doesn't make movies like this anymore, like those youth fantasies, like Neverending Story, mm-hmm. Escape to Witch Mountain, Page Master, like all these totally. things that you know were just so cool when we were younger. That allows a bit of spectacle for a kid to enter into and learn a little about themselves, and uh, so yeah, that's what I made. I, I, you know, I love what we did, and it was just a beautiful time making it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's the perspective I have. Yeah, well, I want to talk about that. You talked about, you know, I saw it last night, and at the beginning, you spoke about, you know, wanting to kind of go into a child's mind, essentially go back yeah. and, and, you know, what's the movie you would have wanted to see? Mm-hmm. So, something that I thought about was, uh, you know, it's obviously very different from your other movies, mm-hmm. so. What kind of new creative muscles did you exercise as a storyteller on this one? Yeah, I mean, I was still able to focus on the things that meant something to me, like um, issues of kind of equality and parity and, you know, the way that we treat each other in the society, but just to do that for a much younger audience. Like, I don't see this as being very different from my intention in the film Soma and 13th or Queen Sugar, mm-hmm. uh, the stories that I want to tell, but this is just to a younger audience. Um and so was able to kind of put a lot of that in the mix in the story. Um, but I think what I was able to exercise in myself was uh, just getting in touch with the kid in me, mm-hmm. which is something that, especially with 13th, it was a hard time for me making 13th. It did damage to me, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was, so? Well, because it was, you know, watching thousands just of hours. Into all of that, yeah. Yeah, thousands of hours of racist, violent footage mm-hmm. and, you know, really interrogating the systems that we live under and that we don't even, aren't even conscious of the ways that we oppress each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it was personal, it was emotional, it was traumatic to make it um, and to construct all of that and to steep myself into it. And so, like, you know, Wrinkle in Time was a, a bit of self-care mm-hmm. in that. And then to do that, I had to tap into something that wasn't hardened and wasn't cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, it was childlike and it was joyful mm-hmm. and you know 
I think, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just something so critical and cynical that I find myself even being in this era that we're living in, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I go online looking for the worst. What do you say today? Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you tweet? And it's like, you know, I could have gone down that whole dark, you know, it was mentioned and I was talking to Guillermo del Toro about the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes art uh, can help you guide you through turbulent times especially for the artist who's just like super sensitive we're all sensitive mm-hmm. but it hits me hard mm-hmm. and um and so yeah this film saved me in that way a lot yeah, yeah. you under the weather you got some uh no my, my voice is just deep and scratchy like this no 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 you, it sounded like maybe you've been <laughs> i was talking a lot. hollering a lot talking well, a lot maybe talking a lot. yeah <laughs> Uh, you know, a lot's been made about the budget of the film. Uh, first hundred million dollar movie made by a woman of color. Those uh, that fanfare is great. Obviously, glass ceilings, etc. I'm just curious if you get tired of hearing stuff like that. First this, first that. You know, I don't get tired of hearing it because I know that's something that a lot of people celebrate. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, you know, regret that it's in a context of uh, such. I don't know, fanfare or in a context of it being a good thing when mm-hmm. it's really pretty tragic that it's 2018 and these firsts are happening yeah you know i don't take it as a mantle of you know proud distinction that i'm the first person first woman of color in 2017 and 18 to make a film at this price point mm-hmm. or to win sundance or to get the globe nominated you know or whatever they are because it really means we haven't done this in decades and decades and decades before that, even mm-hmm. though there, there were women who were completely capable, ready, and deserving of it. And mm-hmm. so it's something that Hollywood does where it trumpets its first without really acknowledging that the first means that there was a lot of neglect that went into yeah, that. absolutely. And uh, so that's what I hear when, mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm introduced. You know, if I walk out on a stage and it's first this and first that and it's applause for it, it's kind of like, golly. Uh, there's a disconnect there for me, mm-hmm. um, and yet I know it makes it makes people proud who are on the other side of it, who are less privileged, mm-hmm. uh, because it means that you know that first has been done away with, and now a door might be open yeah. for me. Though, you know, whether it's me or Perry Jenkins or Dee Reese or Jordan Peele or 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 um, you know Nikki Carroll, who's about to make the next hundred million dollar film, mm-hmm. it's Disney with Mulan or Ryan. You know, if you can name everyone that's doing something new on two hands, that's not change. Yeah. You know, that's that's a trend. That's a moment. And it's mm-hmm. a beautiful one. But it's not a changing of systems. And that's like, that's what's needed. And mm-hmm. so it all has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the start, but it's not like we haven't had these moments before. So the question is, do we let it be a moment or do we let it become the way we do business? Yeah. And um, it's still a question. I had a question later I'll just jump to because we're this is kind of in that area you know after Selma and the Oscars so white that was a big uh, driving point for that uh, and so I wanted to just ask you how you feel about how far we've come how far we have to go and I guess you just kind of answered that question just in terms of the awards sphere as well but yeah yeah I mean it's 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 it's, it's um you know we know like in the awards circuit in the season uh, that that there ebbs and flows so it just becomes a question of uh, you know is the studio system and is the independent kind of ecosystem supporting these stories you know um, it's it's so many levels it's mm-hmm. production it's studio executives it's the agencies it's you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's 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 the uh it's the uh, all those layers to even get to a place where you can start to look at the the complexion and the tenor of the academy so it's it's systemic mm-hmm. uh that's why you know when the academy is kind of you know 
being, uh, you know, criticized so heavily. There's something to look at there with the makeup, but it's also disingenuous to say it's the only thing wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's symptomatic of I mean, the it's larger. This, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it has many, many arms, this monster. Mm-hmm. This movie, Wrinkle in Time, very colorful, very psychedelic mm-hmm. in a way. Actually, some I heard a guy behind me say he should have popped an edible before he went. And that yeah, might have made it yeah. an interesting trip. But I wanted to talk about what, what inspired the visual look of the film and the effects and, and all of that. Just uh, tell me about that. Yeah, I was just thinking of uh, a feminization of fantasy. You know, mm-hmm. I look at Avatar or Lord of the Rings, and these are big fantasies that are kind of, not a kind of, but are, are through a male gaze. I love those films. Uh, and I wondered what it would look like uh, to play with those worlds and those 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 people and um, those creatures through the eyes of a, of a woman who's, as I did, saying, I want to make this film like a girl, mm-hmm. the girl in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I love bedazzled eyebrows and hair <laughs> and gowns and played with that and, you know, big color and uh, talking flowers and how would they move and what does the creature look like? And, you know, I wanted to look like a leaf. And, cause, you know, just, just um, you know, just all of the touches that felt maybe more maternal or more feminine. Yeah. Um, you know, as you go through the story of a girl, I think the question is, you know, you know, people, audiences, critics, what have you, have been trained to see films in a certain way. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, more masculine male tropes, narrative tropes. You know, I heard someone say, oh, I wish there was some more action. Or, I wish there was, well... This is about the heart of a girl. So yeah. the first 30 minutes, you're going to get to know her. You're yeah. going to sit down, and you're going to get to know this black girl and her issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so those rhythms and that layering, it's you know, kind of like a different, um, bit of a different vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, so just wanted to attach visuals to it that felt like they were married to that pace. And that kind of, what I was trying to do was a more lyrical approach to a book that people told me straight up is unadaptable. Mm-hmm. This book is unadaptable. There had been a movie before that tried to be faithful to it. Um, that Madeline Langle even said she didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't do a lot for the whole, this is adaptable uh, train. <laughs> right. And uh, and so it really was about, gosh, okay, this is a kid's book, and they say it's unadaptable. But Disney is saying, I can make the girl a girl of color. Is that worth doing? Yeah. And for me, the answer was overwhelmingly yes. 100%. Even if it was a risk, you know, because uh, it's not a risk. It's for kids, yeah. you know? I think people, like I said, I think people think this is going to be Selma in space. You know, it's a kid's <laughs> movie. Get over it. Selma in space. It's like, it's a kid's movie. And yeah. God, just let, let the children have a little fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On on that question of design and, and inspiring the look, uh, you know, with the costumes and stuff, was that pure imagination or did you, what, what kind of research was involved, if any, oh, to, to kind of develop that? I found this amazing uh, brother named uh, Paco Delgado. Yeah. And uh, he and I just <laughs> went down the rabbit hole with Kim Kimball, who's the hair designer. And we did three of us there, him with this thick Spanish accent and me and her <laughs> from South Central and Compton talking about hair and makeup and it was too much fun but really the idea was to take from cultures all over the world so you'll see Latin American references and African references and Asian references in the costumes particularly when Mindy K mm-hmm. you know we're looking from hair from ancient Egypt and we're looking at you know uh, uh, 
um, you know, traditional Mayan dress. And it was just so fun to see, could we do a collision of cultures? And that mm-hmm. was not Mindy's thing. And then with each missus, there was a different idea. You know, all of, all of Oprah's costumes are very much different um, iterations of armor mm-hmm. uh, and the whole warrior vibe. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then Reese's, you know, always, you know, it's very flower-like, just kind of playing with the, the durability of flowers, but also the beauty of them. So all of those cool design ideas that people don't even want to hear about. You know what I love to hear about? Hear about <laughs> talk about is Guillermo. I've gotten to like six different Shape of Water talks, and I just sit in the back. <laughs> I moderated one, and then I got hooked on him, and I just go and sit in the back and sneak <laughs> out because he talks about the craft in yeah. a way that's so intoxicating. Um, this is what so, we love talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Then this is the uh, place you're, to, you're in the right to spot for that. No, it. totally. I want to yeah. talk about Oprah's hair actually in that yeah, one scene. You do. Her big hair. Exactly. I do. I do. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Afrofuturism. Yes. You know, in 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 the approach to her hair. I love this whole embrace of Afrofuturism in cinema. We see it a lot, and we're seeing a lot in literature, which I grew up with, and a lot in you know fine art. We have a lot of black fine artists around the world that are doing interesting things. Certainly, music. Janelle Monae just dropping this incredible thing, and Prince was an Afrofuturist. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but and of course, Ryan in yeah. in uh, with Black Panther. And so in this, it was really that idea of like this Afrofuturistic taking the idea of an African aesthetic that had been somewhat, um, um, you know, uh, dampered and smothered by colonization, slavery, yeah. and saying, what what would that have matured into if yeah. it had been allowed to run free? Yeah. And what does it look like in the future? And particularly because you don't see characters like that, you know, black women, you know, elders, you know, queen-like black women in sci-fi. Yeah. And so what does she look like? Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking at references, trying to find things, and, uh, you know, when we were first, I was looking for a woman of color in sci-fi, and, you know, I found, like, Whoopi Goldberg in Star Trek mm-hmm. episodes, where she was, you know, she was, you know, it's, it's hard to find them, and that's, you know, two decades ago. So, to really think about that, and to convince Oprah to wear blonde hair, <laughs> uh, which was not a stretch, I said, I'd like to put you in a something Beyonce-ish. <laughs> I said, of course you do. And yes. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, Reese and her red hair and just playing with, with all the toys that you get when you make a movie that, like this. Yeah, all that tactile stuff is great. And Oprah's big white hair, and it, it, that would kind of give me like a future Frederick Douglass vibe, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, hey, I take it. That's a good reference. Um, let's talk about Storm Reed. Yeah. Uh, your lead. Yeah. This uh, young actress, she seems to have a lot of poise yeah. uh, on the screen. And yeah. uh, I just, you know, you worked with her previously, but just talk about working with her and tapping her for this role. And they, they say never work with kids, never work on water, never work with animals. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you work yeah. with kids here. So. Well, yeah, but when you have Storm Reed, you know, you're working with a girl <laughs> who's really a force. She's aptly named. Yeah. Um, you know, she we the whole thing hung, hung on finding the right Meg, mm-hmm. and uh, and so for me, you know, it, working with her was similar to working with David Oyelowo and Selma, and just their approach, um, you know, very holistic approach to the work. Mm-hmm. Some actors come in and they, you know, it's like jazz; they just want to kind of feel it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, some actors really study and kind of delve deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, David is like that. Storm is like that. Um, you know, one day she came up to me. It only happened once, and she said uh, it was. She did great work that day. She came up to me afterward and like tears, tears in her eyes and said, I hate to ask you this, but that whole day was no good. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I wasn't there. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I was, I wasn't telling the truth. I was pretending. And, uh, this is a 13 year old girl. 
And I said, is the first day you felt like that? Cause, and she's like, yeah. She said, I think when you go back and look at it, you'll see. And uh, I did, and she was right. And mm. so we went back, and we did it again. Wow. And, um, and so that's a 13-year-old girl who's really in tune with, you know, the special talent that she has inside mm-hmm. of her. So uh, she's a really, really beautiful girl. I don't have children by choice. You know, my films are my children. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I've never been, like, as close to a child other than my own niece as I have to Storm, and it's been a real gift to me. Cool. Uh just to venture out a little bit, something I've actually wanted to ask you for a minute is, um, you know, you've, you're very distinctly a star. You're a voice. You're a personality. Uh, you, you, are, you, you are this public-facing icon, I think, at this point. But you come from a world, you make a face. You don't think so? I don't know. That's my, my perspective. On Twitter. <laughs> On Twitter. But just, you know, you're, you're lar- I think you're larger than life. And, uh, and I think that's a good thing. And, but you come from the world of journalism, PR, documentaries, kind of behind the scenes, out of the spotlight roles. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious if, if this stage of your career has felt daunting at all to you with that in mind. I think probably not because I don't think of it that way. Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't feel it like that. Yeah. Um, so no, I do. I do know that you know, like when something like the L.A. Times thing with Disney happens, when there was a little kerfuffle there about critics and and all that stuff. Um, I do feel like in those moments, it's nice to have a platform to be able to say something when something needs to be said in on my own heart and uh things that i believe in to have the privilege of having a microphone in front of me sometimes to be able to say things mm-hmm. sometimes you get into positions where you're like ah you know it'd probably be better if i didn't say anything mm-hmm. but you got a microphone in front of you and or you have a platform and you feel like a sellout for not saying something to your own self mm-hmm. you know um so sometimes those are the times where i feel like eh, wish which I maybe didn't have a mic in front of me because mm-hmm. then I'd be safer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but no, I don't think about it too much or in a bad way. Do you wake up feeling a responsibility every day? Is that the deal? No, no, <laughs> no, no. It's just like in some like intense times, you just kind of have you to. You feel like yeah. usually sometimes you're on a red carpet, or sometimes people are tweeting you. What do you think? And then you know, or um, you know, people are asking, or interview requests come in, and you're like, do I have to speak to everything? Yeah. And the answer is no. Right. Um, Thank you for it, speaking to us. Huh? Thank you for speaking oh, with gosh, us. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but um, but uh, but yeah. So that that gets a little tricky sometimes. But overall, you know, I'm just at Gelson's like everybody else. Yeah, right. Not that serious. <laughs> uh, I feel like you mentioned Black Panther. I feel like we should talk about Black Panther. Yay. I mean, that movie is crushing it. I, I just saw the news about the the second weekend. Oh, uh, what is it? I, I it's going to be 108. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you think about this Let moment? Let my um. Dear, 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 dear friend. From long before, yes, we edited across from each other, but mm-hmm. before then, I mean, just we've been friends for a while. Was at his wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I love him. I love Zinzi, his wife. And, you know, it just makes me, it's like it's happening to a family member. Um, so I think of him with it, and I think of all that he'll get to do and all the power that he has now. Yeah. And that it's with a really really good brother a really good person totally um you know who deserves to have if you're going to give anyone that kind of power and influence and write your own ticket do whatever you want mm-hmm. uh, if i was anyone i could have chosen for it to go to i would have chosen him yeah so uh it makes me happy happy we had him on the show just last week 
Brian. We've actually got a couple of your friends. We got David next week. So oh, we're, yeah, for Gringo. So we, yeah, it's a big, a big uh, Ava Friends reunion yeah. here on the show lately. <laughs> Good, Chris. But yeah, Black Panther. I mean, it's it's such a cultural moment, uh, pop cultural moment, even, and it's uh, you know, seeing you hyping it for your friend and I for your even, yeah. I couldn't even help myself <laughs> Disney was like you good you need any materials assets I was like huh they were like do you want some extra social media tools I was like huh <laughs> they were like because you're talking about it so much I was like I, I didn't even realize how much I was tweeting about it because every time I'd see something I'd be I mean this has been for months I've been on fire for it so <laughs> anyway and then when they said that I was like wait a minute I'm not going to be used for, you know, they weren't saying that, but it was kind of sure, like, sure. you know, I guess. This is how you feel. Thought, people thought Disney was making me do it. Oh, I no. realized. Yeah, I guess. But you. I guess, but I, I just was excited. And I, mean, I am. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's great. Could I just add, you know, you were originally attached to that movie briefly. What, what didn't work for you on that? Well, what didn't work for me is what worked for me was Wrinkle in Time. Okay. You know? That seemed the, better, the, the more it pressing was opportunity for you. It was in my heart. Yeah. You know, I wanted to tell a story of this girl mm-hmm. with glasses and curly hair. who Unmistakable. Moved, yeah, who moves <laughs> to, you know, we, we were able to move the story to South Central L.A., which is not far where I, where, I, where I grew up. A girl who doesn't feel like she's special, but ends up being very special. And, um, and, uh, you know, doesn't think that she can do the things that she wants to do in life, but is somehow able to do them, and I related to all that. Mm-hmm. So it just spoke to me deeply, and the idea that <clears throat> out of all the work that I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to leave behind with my name on it, um, there has to be something out there that that talks to kids. You know, I have a niece who's 13 years old, and I see her, I watch her, I see her trying to figure out the world. Mm-hmm. I see her listening to watching CNN like at Christmas and we're all the adults are talking about she's the only kid in the family and she's just trying to figure it out how does she fit into it when she hears these things mm-hmm. she was asking me about DACA the other day and Dreamers and <clears throat> and the sh- in Parkland and you know she'd been on the earth for 13 years the whole earth like she came into the earth 13 years ago mm-hmm. and they are here in the midst of this chaotic time mm-hmm just trying to figure it out and so you know i thought of her so much as i was making it it's like the story is who you are is enough and you know keep focused on good you mm-hmm. know like michelle obama says when they go low we go high mm-hmm. you know not to make it political that's not what i'm saying it's just saying that there's a, it's a pivoting towards positivity just mm-hmm. in your day mm-hmm. and as as you go through this world and if kids can get that early, if kids, if, if Caucasian boys can get the message that you can trust a, a black girl in the movie, you know, Meg, who's a black girl, says to to, do trust to Calvin, do you trust me? Mm-hmm. Like that, when I watch that, it, it makes me tear up even still. It catches me sometimes. Mm-hmm. She says to him, do you trust me? And there's a beat. And he says, yes. And that, for a black girl, for a brown girl, big fucking deal Mm -hmm. you know if you're privileged to be on the other side of that you don't understand you've seen that your whole life Mm -hmm. people just trusting you and thinking that people that look like you are to be trusted and to lead Mm -hmm. Um, but if you've never seen that I cannot think of another film where a girl not a Jedi 
You know what I mean? Who's not a superhero, just a girl, you know, is leading a group of boys in that way and who's mm-hmm. able to ask those questions, be asked those questions about trust and respect and is given that. You know, I deal that every with that every day on set, mm-hmm. you know, in these studios. It's like what if some of these guys could have seen that when they were twelve and eleven? So that I didn't have to deal with it later now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you may not be in a Me Too movement, and you may not need Times Up, and you may not need Black Lives Matter if you just teach kids that are not of color that the quote-unquote others are just like them, mm-hmm. worthy to be trusted and followed. Mm-hmm. So that's what this film is. It's a lot of that. But the Black Go- Girls Code group, it was a bunch of these black girls that were flown in from Philadelphia and Oakland and they just had a really visceral reaction to those images and I just think uh, they're nourishing to more than girls of color. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why Panther is nourishing to more than black people because people that are not black you know, Caucasian people are able to see that and Mm -hmm. see, you know, black people as heroes and that does something to the culture as well. Mm -hmm. And so you know, these images for our young people are are what I'm hoping to get out there and um, you know, it's, it's all a stew of those ideas. I'm looking forward to my kid being old enough to uh, take him to. Yeah, he's still got a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy him a, buy him a Black Panther figure there. They were sold out at Target the other day. Oh, so good. I'll get him something at some point. Yes, yes. Uh, what's next for you? This is a silly question when you're promoting something this massive. But what, what's next for you? I'm casting right now, Luna. Oh, you're already, yeah. you're already onto it. Okay. Central Park Five. It's going to be that one. Okay, it's I wasn't nice. sure if it was that there was one a or the bunch of stuff yeah. out there that I was thinking about. But uh, Central Park Five is just the one that was really on my heart that I had to do, and I just always try to let that lead. Like, what is what is the story that I want to tell right now? What what do I have to do right mm-hmm. now? So Central Park Five um, had a writer's room going while I was in post of Wrinkle, um, and uh, I'm rewriting some stuff and doing my writing three of the five episodes and. Uh, and so we're casting. Our breakdown just went out for the five boys, which is really hard to find. Those five young boys. Um, they were 13 and 14 when they were convicted of a crime they didn't commit mm-hmm. and sent off to all of these uh, horrible places. And so, um, so I'll be doing that yet next five hours for Netflix. And uh, we start that in the summer of Bradford Young shooting it. Oh, I haven't told anyone these things. I'm breaking the news with you. Breaking Sweet. the news with you, Chris Tabley. That's what happens. That's what happens. But yeah, I'm going to work on it with Brad this summer, and we're just going to get back into it and you know tell these stories of these families. It's really the families. Okay. Um, but it's 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 a beautiful story. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you're going to uniquely frame it. So you're going to go into the the family. <laughs> Yeah, elements. yeah. Okay. Each boy kind of is the high, is the center for an hour, yeah. so they each get their own hour as the as the film is progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the case is progressing, mm-hmm. but each hour another boy is more more prominent until you get to the to the fifth to the fifth boy. That's end. great. Yeah, oh, can't wait to see that. Yeah, thank you. And for now, everyone should go see Wrinkle in Time. Uh, it opens March 9th. Take your kids or take the your kids. kid inside of you. Just pick up some kids somewhere and just bring them. Or donate to some kids, you know. Donate to some kids. There you go. You've got a program going yeah, for that. No yeah, no color of change. This, this nonprofit social justice organization saw the film and said uh, kids of all kinds should be able to see this, and there's a lot of kids that can't afford it. Yeah. So if you want to give a ticket to a kid, you go to giveachildtheuniverse.com. Mm-hmm. You could buy a $10 ticket, and they'll connect it to a kid someplace where there's no movie theater and there's no possibility of them seeing the movie. There you go. Yeah. I'm glad you got a chance to put all those ideas on such a oh, big canvas. So congratulations. Appreciate it. It was fun. And uh, check out the movie, everyone. Thanks for coming on the show again. Thanks, I appreciate Chris. it. Thank you.